Welcome to episode 122 of the Gambots Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is my co-host. It's Christian. On this week's episode, Christian and I both watched the 2013 movie Homefront. We're going to speak about uh, what we are generally working through or watching, and we'll play the Amazon review game. But first, Christian, you and I both watched the 2013 movie Homefront. This was directed by Gary Fletter, who... I honestly didn't know too much of what he worked on. It looked like he has done a few movies and then just a lot of stuff for television. And they put a lot of names to this, but really it stars Jason Statham and James Franco and then some other people just have appearances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am real curious what you thought of this one. I ended up loving this movie and I was not <laughs> expecting to. Like, I liked it so much I texted you halfway through it because the entire premise of it is Jason Statham's family just beats up the entirety of another family. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like they could have literally called this movie Jason Statham beats the crap out of a whole town. Like I I didn't hate it. It's it's not my favorite movie we've watched on this podcast, but certainly it was not the worst. <laughs> um, it, was, it just it's it's entirely like because this one family's son was bullying his daughter and his daughter beat up the son that Jason Statham then has to like beat up the dad and like the drug brother-in-law and then also <laughs> a biker gang. Yep, a whole gang. It was just because it's such an insane premise and it's like a tight movie. It's only an hour and 40 minutes like with credits. So it was just like for the most part, like normally I'm like these movies are too long. There was like 25 minutes left, and I was like, Jason Statham still has to beat up James Franco and a biker gang. How are they going to fit all that in? Yeah, it definitely did not outstay its welcome, which, like like you said, I feel like that's the problem in a lot of these movies. that They just kind of uh, wear on a bit too long. But no, I was, I mean, I was interested for just long enough, I guess I would say. <laughs> so we sort of glossed over, but what is the actual premise of this movie? Uh, so Jason Statham is like a, I guess, retired undercover DEA agent who in like his, his last job got the leader of this drug ring's son killed by the police. And so this guy has like a grudge out against him. And so him and his daughter, Jason Statham and his daughter retire to this little like Louisiana Bayou town where... They, they're they kind of like in witness protection almost. They're just like starting over. And then like one like crazy happenstance and escalation leads to another. And it goes from his daughter like picking a fight with the school bully to Jason Statham has to like kill an entire like hit squad plus the local drug ring plus this girl, this, this bully's whole family. And then like there's kind of a crooked cop. That, like it was wild yeah i will say the one angle that i didn't entirely get was they were like yeah the sheriff's corrupt he looks the other way when this guy's cooking his meth but then at the end like the sheriff was on statham's side like it was a weird thing where they were trying to make him into a bad guy but didn't really yeah there was no point where the sheriff like turned that's what i kept expecting too like oh he's gonna come to the house and Statham's going to be expecting help, but the sheriff's going to be on James Franco's side. But no, that never happens. It, everybody in this movie plays a character that's like in over their head, except for Statham. Yeah, I right. Like <laughs> Winona Ryder's character is in over her head. The Kate Bosworth's character is that 
And but the only one who's the only ones who really realize that are Kate Bosworth and the sheriff, because I think the sheriff comes to Statham's house after he like murdered seven like highly trained hitmen, and he was like, "Oh, I'm I'm on the wrong side of this." He's like jumping ship, James Franco. I did love. He's like, "How do you know? How do you know those guys are over there?" And he's like, "Trust me." <laughs> I, dude, the one thing that really threw me off in the beginning of this because like the first five minutes is the past from like five years ago or something, right? Where Statham's undercover was Jason Statham wearing a wig or was that his natural hair? He grew it out for the, for that scene. Yeah, stupid wearing a wig. It looks terrible on him. I couldn't tell for a while if he was trying to do an American accent. I felt like in the first scenes he was, maybe because he's undercover, but once we got to Louisiana, it very it, it changed very much that he was British. Yes. Which felt weird in, you know, backcountry Louisiana that he was British, his daughter wasn't British, and also, why was he work? I couldn't figure this out. Was he working with the DEA or was he part of Interpol? Because all of the files that franco pulled on him said interpol on them but the very beginning was very clearly he was part of the dea well the amount of like the amount that he does in this movie just with all of its action sequences i'm choosing to believe that this is part of the fast and furious universe so i think those are just all his cover identities I did have in my notes after he took out James Franco, and I was like, now his new identity is Deckard Shasta. <laughs> I, so I, w- I was really thrown off by that, but his accent was real questionable in the beginning. Also, like, if he was not doing an accent and he was like a British person, do the whoever this biker gang was, like, they're a Hell's Angels type biker gang. Do they accept non, um, like, he was white, but do they accept like non-American whites into the Hell's Angels? Like, I, I don't really know the rules on that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it was uh, it was a ride, you know, <laughs> open to close. It starts with a a drug raid and ends with Jason Statham flipping a police car onto a like a I don't know what you would even call that, like a turnstile bridge. It's not really yeah. a drawbridge, but it like turns open. I, get, I think those are probably more common in Louisiana because I've seen them use those in movies or TV shows before, but I, I don't know what you would actually call them. Well, they've got to get the fan boats in and out of the swamps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, as you do. <laughs> I will say, I think it was funny that like this all started as a feud between like Jason Statham's kid and this other random bully. But like this kid was like twice Jason Statham's kid size, and she just took him down. And then the next scene is the mom flipping out that her son got like beat up by a girl and wanted like an apology. Back in my day, Christian, I feel like if you got beat up by a girl, like love the schoolyard is, you would be mercilessly made fun of after that. Oh yeah, there's no coming back from that. And having your mom come to the school and kick up a fuss would have only made things worse for you. Oh yeah, I'd be like, no, mom, don't. And then like <laughs> she she made. <laughs> She made her husband fight Jason Statham, <laughs> and he just got his—he just got it like taken out so quickly. And then the sheriff was like, "You embarrassed that man in front of his like family." And it's like, dude, he like tried to sucker punch Statham, and you're taking that guy's side. I just like I have in my notes here. I I did not take many notes for this movie because I felt like there wasn't much for me to to really comment on. It's just you know punch punch explosion, and and I was into it, but. Like one of my only notes in here is 
why in the name of God would you pick a fight with somebody that looks like Jason Statham? Yeah, like, Statham is a stocky man, and he's not short. Like, why would this... I guess the husband was, like, goaded into it, and then everyone made fun of him the whole movie, where, like, even random characters like, nah, her husband's a pussy. He wouldn't start any fights with you. I laughed pretty hard when, uh, the right after that, he, he took that guy down, and the daughter was like, all the teachers are watching. Yeah. Which, if you were, like, one of that kid's teachers, I'd be like, oh, boy, never, uh, never send bad words about her home. Yeah, right. I also did like that one of the scenes in this movie that I was like, this is so stupid. Or I guess one of the lines was, the principal was like, oh, do you think it's right to teach your daughter how to be violent? And it's it's like, she was being bullied, and she defended herself. And even Satham's like, yeah, I think it's important for her to know how to defend herself. <laughs> and the principal's like, all right, I guess that's fine. I kept getting hung up on the fact that this ostensibly a town of like 25 people <laughs> had a school district that could employ a like school full-time school psychologist i mean they're making good money i guess from james franco's drug business like yeah what is the tax Maybe. for this like i i went to a school that was for sure larger than that school like and we had I, I mean, I guess I don't know what you would call it. Like, we had a guidance counselor, but at no point where they were like, oh, yeah, go see the school psychologist. That just, that wasn't a thing that existed. I mean, if one thing Louisiana is known for, Christian, it's well-funded <laughs> school departments. I don't, I uh, I think that's just the answer. <laughs> they're progressive education policies. Yeah, I mean, they're really worried about children's <laughs> mental health down there. Uh, uh, maybe we well, should make fun of Louisiana today in particular. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, fair, fair point. I'm, I'm sorry, Louisiana. I had a, had a rough couple days. Oh, boy. Uh, one, one person who showed up in this that I was not expecting was, uh, I don't know the actor's name, but he plays Charles in Ballers. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I can't believe he's in something else. I've never seen him in anything but Ballers. I feel like I saw him in something, but maybe I'm, I might literally just be thinking of Ballers. I can't, can't remember. I thought he was going to pull a John Wick when he was fighting that one guy and kill the dude with a horse. <laughs> well, this was very kind of John Wick where it was like one seemingly like innocuous event leads to, you know, an all out nightmare, like town wide war situation where it's like, oh, these two guys decided to be like smart asses with John Wick at the gas station. And then it ends with him having like a three movie massacre party. And it's, it was the same kind of thing in this one. Like, oh, this this little boy picked on this girl and stole her hat, and it ends with Jason Statham committing multiple murders. Yeah. I mean, they did also steal his cat, and I was like, they killed That's his cat. That's true. This is, fortunately, fortunately, he got the cat back. I was yeah. worried about it. I will also say, though, like, I enjoyed the action of this because it wasn't really over the top like you sometimes get. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but in my notes I had... A lot of this filming, like, it felt like I was actually watching a TV show a little bit, which makes sense with the director doing a lot of stuff for TV, where, like, it wasn't huge pieces. Like, even the action scene where the, the biker gang attacks his house, it was maybe five minutes, if that, and it was, like, understated by today's action standards, but, like, it worked well. It wasn't like Jason Statham sh was shooting a thousand rounds like he... 
you know, he pumped a couple rounds of shotgun into a couple guys, like, used up his handgun ammo, and then there was, like, one fist fight with, like, the main leader, and that was, or I guess a knife fight even, and that was pretty much it, and I, I, I enjoyed that. Right, yeah, it wasn't, uh, like, Avengers level. One thing I really do question is, James, like, I get James Franco's uh, plan on this, like, he wanted to become a bigger player in the Louisiana mess scene, he needed uh, basically distributed. And who wouldn't? Right, I mean, <laughs> when you're in that field, you you aim high, <laughs> and so like he was selling Jason Statham to like this, you know, biker who wanted him for because he blamed Statham for the death of his son. Even though you know his son was, you play the game. I feel like those are risks you take. But <laughs> I you know I digress. Jason uh, Franco's character uh, <laughs> at one point. I guess I can't. I shouldn't repeat on this podcast. But he's like the the girlfriend brings the the Jason Statham's daughter back, and he's like, "Why did you bring the daughter here? Are you stupid?" And he's like, "Now we have to kill her." And then at the end, like when he's fleeing, he also takes her daughter. And at the same time, I'm like, "I'm going to ask you the same question you asked yeah, your right. girlfriend there, Franco. Why are you taking his daughter? Are you stupid? I think if you left her, you would at least have a chance to just flee. You know? <laughs> yeah, it didn't make a whole lot of sense." Especially because, like, they tried to play him off as, like, calculating and in charge and all that. Like, because he wasn't a meth user. He's just a cooker. He just, he liked, he liked the, 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 to make money, I guess. But, oh, boy, he, he unraveled at the end. That's, yeah. He was, he was, uh, again, in over his head. He, Kate Bosworth. was. Like, Kate Bosworth, to her credit, she showed up at James Franco's house and he, she was like, uh, why are you kidnapping this girl? Yeah. Like yeah. she at least had some had some development over the course of the movie. Minimal though it was, she ended up getting shot in the gut. But like she, they they went to the daughter's birthday party, and she's like, uh, you know, the Statham family not all not all that bad, and tries to save the girl. But yeah, it's, James Franco is just like, uh, you know what? <laughs> There's no way out of this for me, so I guess I'm just going to do everything. Yeah, like the original villains of this, the mother-son-father combo, like, actually ended up, like, trying to help Statham. And you also, like, I was like, oh, this kid's terrible. And then you see his home life where his mom's just, like, a meth addict, and he's, like, in the room just, like, crying. I was like, oh, my God, I was not expecting to feel bad for this kid. Right. The dad had a weird, like, progression, too, because he went from the, like, the, the bully dad to trying to sucker punch Statham to... Like, basically begging James Franco to stop selling his wife meth, which was a weird scene. And then, at the end, where he witnesses a kidnapping, he literally says something like, Nope, none of our business. Yeah, well, I think that's... I was like, bro, what? That's what everyone in the town says, he's a coward. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. I did not understand Franco's reasoning for... When the husband was like, please stop giving my sister meth, because James Franco's like, clean yourself up. And then the husband's like, please stop giving her meth. And he's like, maybe if you're stronger, I wouldn't have to or something. And I was like, wait a minute. You guys want the same thing. You literally told her to stop using meth like literal minutes ago. And you are the one giving it to her for free. Like, you're not even making money off of this. Like, what is your game here, Franco? Yeah, it didn't really make sense. Also, Franco randomly just beats up other uh, like meth users in his town. Yeah, because he's mad that they're not buying from him. I guess like he he also has like a weird character act where when he's introduced for a second, you're like, wait a minute, I'm pretty sure Franco's the bad guy, but 
are they positing him as like a like an anti-hero here? <laughs> Dude, also, I don't know why. When you first told me that this was what we were watching, I thought this was like an alien invasion movie. You know, I don't that, know if it was just the cover art on the like if it was just the cover image on Netflix or what, but I like I opened this fully expecting like an alien invasion movie. I think now that you say that, like, it does have, like, a home front sounding name to it. Or, sorry, an alien invasion sounding name to it. But, yeah, I when I saw that, I only entirely picked this because I saw it, had, it was, like, Statham v. Franco, which is, like, <laughs> a weird mashup of, like, not action. Well, Statham's obviously an action star, but, like, Franco's not. So it's, like, you know, like... It was a weird mix uh, combo that I was like, I'm intrigued by this solely because <laughs> I feel like James Franco wouldn't have a chance. And to the film's credit, like Franco, yeah, once that he was got correct. The hand, like completely got beaten. I mean, Franco, like you said, was in over his head at one point. He's like crying to Jason Statham's daughter. He's like, you think I wanted to do this? I shot my <laughs> own sister. And she's like, you kidnapped me. Like, I, I, this is all you're doing, bro. Not your therapist. <laughs> right. Like, you are complaining to the person you kidnapped for being kidnapped. <laughs> like, because I because my meth addict girlfriend kidnapped you, I had to shoot my sister. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, sorry, one thing I actually wanted to point out on this. Sylvester Stallone originally developed this screenplay to be part of the Rambo series. Oh but he wrote it, like, towards the end of his like, I guess, prime acting career, and it was shelved entirely due to his uh, age and was only resurrected because of Statham's interest in it. That's wild. Uh, did you ever see First Blood? No, I have not seen a single Rambo movie. So this actually, I mean, First Blood's actually really, a really good action movie that I don't know if we'd ever watch for the podcast, but you should check it out as just, like, a good action movie. It's basically, Stallone is a uh, Vietnam vet who's more or less homeless riding through town and the police just give him a bunch of crap and it just devolves to him like fighting the entire police force and just winning um and this has the feel to me where it's like jason statham is to that extent like just being like harassed by the locals and you know takes out an entire family and a drug a drug organization yeah, I, I mean, I could definitely see the similarities. I, I, I have no trouble believing that this was originally like a Stallone movie. Uh, so, Christian, do you know how this fared at the box office? Yes. So, this had a budget of $22 million, and it made $51.7 million, which is fascinating to me, because I don't even remember this coming out in theaters. And I guess it was 2013, so maybe it, it did, and I just don't remember. But, like, if you would have asked me, without looking at these stats, I would have honestly assumed that this was, like, a Netflix original that came out last year. Yeah, I don't remember this coming out at all either, but I feel like there were a fair bit of movies in the early 2010s that came out that was just, like, gritty ex-cop fights drug, you know, people, <laughs> that they all just kind of blend together. Mm-hmm. but uh, so sorry so critically like the, the critics didn't really like this one it has a 42 percent on rotten tomato but an audience has this at 61 percent. and i'm gonna say i i tend to side more with the audience on this one i i thought this was like a fun sort of dumb action movie 
<laughs> I'm probably down closer to the critics. I don't know that I would go as low as 42, but maybe 50 or so. Like I said, it it it, it scratched an itch. I enjoyed my time with it, but I probably wouldn't watch it again. Uh, would you recommend our audience check this out? Uh, yeah, probably. Like if if you like dumb action movies, yeah, this would be worth it. It's it's not very long. It's like an hour twenty, so it's it's not exactly going to waste all your time if you don't enjoy it. Yeah, I I really like this one, so I would definitely say check it out. If the premise of like Jason Statham's kid beats up a boy, and then he <laughs> has to beat up an entire family, sounds like your type of movie. Like, I think the premise is such a stupid premise for a movie, but, but that it's hilarious and works. So I, I I would definitely recommend this one. All right, next, Christian, uh, is there anything you are going to be watching or playing or whatever this week? So after we finish recording tonight, I'm going to go watch the movie The Night House. I don't really know what it's about other than it's supposed to be like a psychological horror movie, I think. Uh, so I'll report back on that, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm also working my way through the uh, TV show Atypical. It's a Netflix original about... Uh, uh, 18 year old boy with autism and like his family life and like he's trying to get into dating uh, the advice of his therapist and it's really really well made it's I, I think it's hysterical it's one of my favorite things that i've watched recently so i would definitely recommend that if, if anybody's looking for like a i guess you'd call it like a sitcom kind of like sits in between like a comedy comedy and a drama is it uh how many seasons are on netflix there's four, and I think it's done. I think it's just the four. Is it, um, how, well, sorry, how long are the episodes? Are they like 20 minutes, 40 the, minutes? The episodes are hour long, but there's only like eight per season. Okay. And then I guess last, Shang-Chi comes out Friday, so I'll have seen that before we record again. So oh that's my gosh. one more Marvel so. movie down, yeah. I still need to see Black Widow. It's probably out of theaters. <laughs> I'm busy again this weekend, so I probably I'm not going to be able to go to the movies like I wanted to this week either. Um, man, I gotta I gotta I guess wait till Black Widow comes to Disney Plus to watch that now. Yeah, Shang Chi's. I saw it's getting review bombed, but I don't know why. Is there like some did like some controversy happen with that? Do you know? I don't know. This is the first I'm hearing of that, so I I would have to look into it. I. And I'm thinking it's going to be pretty good. I'm excited. I saw the previews and I thought they looked interesting enough. I'm really curious because I know Far From Home occurred after Endgame, but mm -hmm. this is like the first like new property after Endgame that's not like a television series. I'm really right. curious how they're going to introduce it because like these are all completely new characters now too. Yeah, this is, we had talked about this kind of a little bit before that like, I feel like Eternals is a kind of lesser-known property, but the cast is huge. Whereas this one, it's a lesser-known property, and there's almost nobody big in it. Like, Michelle Yeoh is in it, Aquafina's in it, but that's about it. Yeah, so I'll, I'm look, I will look forward to see what you think of it. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, that's going to be about it for me. Okay. I'm not really working on any TV shows right now. I'm like still, you know, slowly watching The New Girl just because it's an easy 20-minute show to put on. Um, 
a lot of what I've been doing is actually video game related. I can't remember if I said on the podcast or not, but I started working on uh, Witcher 3 The Wild Hunt. That was a game that took me basically three tries to get into, but now that mm. I like, and I finally got into it like last year playing it on the Switch, and then I sort of fell off because I just, I, like the Switch to me is every, a lot of people love it, and I like, I think it's cool, but for whatever reason, I can't play games that are over like 10 hours on it. Um, I guess what well, I just I'm just used to playing on the PlayStation. I don't really know the reason why. So I ended <laughs> up getting uh, rebuying just the Game of the Year edition for Witcher Three because I had the original one, but I wanted to do all the DLCs because it was like ten bucks on PlayStation Network last week. And I've been working through that one. I got through like the first like tutorial area and have started on like the 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 main game in earnest. And I started on like the hardest difficulty, so I only have to do like one playthrough and. It's actually not that bad. I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it was just because um, some of the DLC abilities they give you, uh, one of them in particular helps deal with. Like the hardest difficulty, you don't automatically like regenerate health when you rest, and there's like an ability you get that basically trivializes the hardest difficulty <laughs> from the DLC. So it's, so it's like, you know, as long as you just play somewhat smart and just don't keep attacking until you get like what uh immediately killed like not a lot of stuff is one-shotting you early in the game so right uh that's been surprisingly easy and really fun it's a, a fun game um i just downloaded destiny 2 beyond light because it uh they finally have done crossplay between all of like the destiny two servers so if you're on playstation xbox or computer you can all play together and i have a friend who plays on xbox uh fan of the show <laughs> hey there dan <laughs> so uh i'm going to try and play with him on that one that's downloading right now really big download i only have five trophies left for the overwatch platinum that i've been trying to get since like 2016 when the game came out so i've been real motivated on that like that has been one i i've put easily over like 250 hours into that game over like the past Jeez. i don't know four or five years um, so I'm really excited to be down to the last couple, but they are tough ones. And then, <laughs> yeah, I'm still slowly working through the new 52 comic series. I just finished one I had never really heard of before called Resurrection Man. That was pretty good. Um, a lot of these I'm noticing on the new 52, like they have a good, like couple issues and then a couple issues that are like real questionable because they do like, they force crossovers and stuff, but I'm, I'm still enjoying it. I'm, I'm really liking the new 52. I'm, I really want to get to the 2016 Rebirth series, though, but I don't even know if I'm going to finish. I'm definitely probably not going to finish the new 52 stuff in 2021 <laughs> like I had originally planned, so we'll see whenever I can actually get to the stuff I, I originally wanted to read. <laughs> guys and now it's time for amazon review game just a quick recap christian has three one-star reviews for a movie on amazon he will read me the first review i'll get two yes or no questions to help me narrow down what the movie is i can then either guess or ask for a second review i will then get two more yes or no questions i can then guess or ask for the final review i'll get two more yes or no questions then i have to guess we are keeping score this year and if i get it on the first review that's three points two points for the second review one point for the third review zero points if i miss it christian i'm ready when you are okay this first one is called no way with five exclamation points through the two hours i was not sure what movie i was watching at times i thought i was watching a black version of star wars at times i thought it was transformers 
At times, I thought it was Boys in the Hood, or Independence Day, or RoboCop, or G.I. Joe, or Jumanji, or many others. This was full of action, but not the type that keeps you tuned in. I heard there was a different writer for this movie, and it shows. Jumanji is more realistic than all the mess that went on in this movie. R.I.P. Jumanji and Transformers are two very different movies. <laughs> um, boy. And Star Wars, like, he's, he's all over the place with this. Was this a was this a Michael Bay movie? No. Um Boy, they said new director. Was this the eighth movie in a franchise? No. Okay, then I need a second review. Look, I understood this wasn't going to be a great movie. It's been out for a couple of months, and I had read some horrible reviews, but I thought, I'm finishing my exams tonight, I'll eat some good food and drink a 12-pack, and the movie will be fun. But I was wrong. Even after a 12-pack, the movie still sucked. Previous movies were at least cool, but this wasn't cool because every single action sequence was so over-the-top, they were completely implausible. This wasn't a movie more of a live-action Coyote and Roadrunner cartoon. Boy, Christian, I have no idea what this one is. <laughs> Live action Coyote and Roadrunner. I assume it's starring black people because of the first review about being a black Star Wars movie. <laughs> and I'm like, Space Jam 2, A New Legacy? <laughs> My other thought was Fast and Furious 8 because I knew they had a new director on that one. I mentioned The Rocket Ton. I am at a loss. Let's see. I just gotta. I think I just gotta pick things and narrow it down. Was this released in the 2010s? Yes. All right. All right. Wait. No. Sorry. No. No. Okay. So this is okay. Was this released in the 2000, like 2000 to 2009? You know, nine that range, that decade. No. Oh my! I'm going to need a third review. Then this is an old one. Wow. <laughs> Highly disappointed in this movie, was not a fan of the whole out-in-space situation, and I did not think John Cena was a good addition. A lot of things seem extremely fake. The entire movie felt like a huge deviation from the rest of the films. They acknowledge Brian's character twice, and I feel like if they used his brother once, why not use him again and add him back into the movies? <laughs> oh my god, I was so close. I'm thinking it was eight. <laughs> it's fast nine. It is fast time. Oh my gosh, I forgot it's the 2020, 2021 I gotta worry about now. What does he mean there's these... a new director? It was I don't know. <laughs> the dude came back. <laughs> One of these just says LOL Paul Walker is rolling in his grave. Oh my gosh. So I left I left part of that one review out. They said uh, it was like watching Black Star Wars, and then in parentheses it said with Luda and Tyrese being Han Solo and Chewbacca. Oh man! I mean, I guess I knew they went to space, but like, I wouldn't describe the movie as that. You know, like, what was what was the Roadrunner and Coyote scene they were talking? About? Uh, 
I guess just Vin Diesel chasing John Cena, but I don't even know. And why was oh, I guess Jumanji because they're in a forest. Um, I don't even remember the other movie, Transformers, because <laughs> they're in cars. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. If you'd like to contact us, we are at Gambots Network on Twitter, or you can email us at gambots.blog at gmail.com. Also, we have a website now. If you want to check that out, that's gambotsnetwork.com. And finally, if you're listening to somewhere where you can rate and subscribe, we'd appreciate it as that does help with marketing. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you.